We're back. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Happy Sunday. Welcome back to the Call to Action Network here on this Sunday night. Chill to action with me, your girl, Danny Joy here, hanging out with always my favorite co-host, Mr. Paul Denuzio. It's me. It's me. It's PLD. Happy to be back on Sunday again. Uh, hopefully everybody's going to find us. We are. This is our second week now on the new day of Sunday. Blame PLD. It was my fault for the move. I, uh, I was working. I got my days off, shifted. Uh, so we changed sun to Sundays instead. I hope it's not a problem for everybody. Danny seemed to love it. So we're going to go with it for a little while anyway, at least until I get moved back. You never know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we, we, follow his, we follow his schedule with that because Sundays and Mondays are always flexible with me. Like my times are fine, but it's Paul's got the important job. <laughs> so. uh, it's just overnight. Also, it's the worst part about it. Yeah. Or not, it's just the overnight part that I have to deal with. But either way, uh, we are happy to be here. Enough about me. Uh, we are here and we are welcoming on a very special guest who had a kind of a big week, kind of a big moment. Um, you know him, you uh, are going to love him if you haven't loved him already. Uh, he's definitely going to be impressing the hell out of you. He's impressed the hell out of us. Uh, without further ado, Corruption's new uh, rock star. I shouldn't say rock star, really, because that's a bad thing. It's not that's a Twitter faction, I guess. So Corruption's, Corruption's new... new... I'll just say new coyote. How about that? This is new, the new coyote. Adam Collins. So hey. How are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, do I'm doing quite well, quite well. Just got back from a, a work trip, but happy to have a soft landing here with you guys on Chill to Action. Nice way to relax on a Sunday. Indeed, indeed. And uh, already a quick, quick super chat already. Got John Lestrine in the house. Thank you. Wonderful to see you. Even <laughs> Paul. Yes, I love you too, John. Always, John. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Adam, thank you so much for coming in and hanging out with us on this Sunday night. Uh, we really appreciate you coming in and spending time with us. So uh, we always we always like to ask the same question whenever someone comes in here. But we feel like that question is kind of getting a little... A little, I don't want to say, I don't want to use a, a weird word or anything like this. But anyways, Adam, we want to know how you got involved into the Schmodown, but we kind of already know how you got involved into the Schmodown. We know that you started off in the fan leagues and that you've been a fan of the Schmodown for quite some time. So I, I want to know, Adam, like, how are you feeling right now being a part of the Schmodown, like getting drafted? And now that going from being a fan to being a competitor now inside of the Schmodown, how is that feeling for you? Uh, well, it's still a bit of an adjustment. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a, a surreal experience to hear people start saying your name more often than you're here. You're used to hearing it. <laughs> um, but, uh, honestly, um, I, the, the transition's been much smoother than I anticipated only because I thought I was going to be too hyped when I got the good news a few months ago. Uh, but honestly, the, the best thing I did from the beginning was just get involved and break the ice immediately with my faction mates. And uh, the rest is history, you know, just getting into the trenches with, with everybody in preparation for those uh, IG and star Wars tournaments, just to help out the team. That was a great way to get to know everybody all at once. And then it was a natural transition when we pivoted to singles. Well, I gotta add, like, we've had some people come from the families before, and there seemed to have been some friction sometimes. You know, Paul Yama, Chance Ellis, when they came in, they kind of like it was like the new crew coming in with the old veterans kind of thing. Have you experienced any of that? Well, you know, I've I've seen a lot of uh, these great players come from the other leagues uh, and move into the Schmodown, and 
I knew I wanted to control my narrative as much as possible. Um, so my main thing was I didn't want a bunch of pomp and circumstance when I got drafted. I wanted to be as uninteresting to the crowd as possible because I wanted to just come in and play the game. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't want a spotlight on me. I didn't want a bunch of chatter about me leading in into my debut because just by virtue of having come from the other leagues, I knew there would be some expectation for me to perform. And I wasn't about to come in and start bragging about my abilities. Uh, that's not my style anyway, but I, I uh, you know, at least not in real life. Um, but like, uh, it was just uh, a, a more natural fit for me to kind of work on the sidelines, do my thing with my faction and just wait for my moment to play because that's, that's where I, I really uh, uh, get dialed in and that's where I, I think I show what I can do. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, but it's interesting to note that, like, for example, you know, Laura Kelly came over to Corruption and she uh, joined the dark side, so to speak. Uh, the Corruption is more of a field franchise. Is yeah. that something that you would like? You don't want to come into the league that way. I get that. And maybe you want to make your mark as you make your mark. Is that something you might be interested in developing more of something along those lines at all? Or is, are you just going to stick? Well, to you, you did you see my uh, promo ahead of the Roka match? I did. I okay. did. I thought it was definitely a step in that direction. I was like, hopefully. Yeah, just just stay tuned. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I. Uh, I am not. Uh, I am not a Boy Scout by any means. Um, but I. I am. I am. You know, pretty diplomatic when it comes to being the new guy. I don't want to come in and just assume that I have a place. I want to earn it. Right. So um, I'm just. I'm just getting to know people little by little. And um, I'm already very tight knit with corruption. And I've even had the pleasure of running into other people here and there through, you know, StreamYard and uh, getting to break the ice that way. So I like all of my experiences thus far. Everyone's been very kind to me. And I just look forward to getting to know more, knowing more people in the league, honestly. This feels like a, a great season for you to come into the Schmodown with the type of gameplay that's going on now. Unfortunately, we all have to get used to this sort of way of life for this season. Uh, but coming into the season with this type of gameplay, one with that, also coming in with another rookie from the fan leagues, Mati Soul, going into a faction with someone who was from the rookie league's chance. It just kind of feels like a lot of the corruption stars just lined up for you in that sort of sense. So um, I, I really want to know your relationship with Shannon Barney and how things have been working between between the two of y'all. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I've I've mentioned it on other shows, uh, so I won't I, I won't belabor it, but I'll I'll go through like the basics. Uh, so when I started playing in Multiplex and the other leagues, um, I uh, you know I started to go on a little bit of a roll and um, I, uh, build up a record. And uh, when I heard that Shannon had a, an opening in corruption um, back in like February, I wanna say, um, she, back when she was in studio on SEN, you know, before things got the way they are, um, she, she mentioned this vacancy. And so I, I, I did a lot of thinking about it. And I, obviously I, I knew I wanted to play in the Schmodown one day, but I had no expectation that it was going to happen anytime soon. Um, and I just expected to play in perpetuity in those other leagues uh, just because it was it was fun and it was a challenge and it was a fun challenge. Uh, so I had no expectation, but I wrote her a very uh, thought out message uh, and um, sent her a link to one of my matches. And I just asked her to keep an eye on on my matches if there was ever an opening. And then um, uh, when Christian reached out to me about free agency, 
as far as I'm aware, he found out about me on his own, more or less. Shannon didn't bring my name up to him. Uh, so um, that was encouraging when I found that out. And then when he brought me into free agency, she reached out to me right away. And it was my number one choice, not uh, just because she had announced an opening, but because um, I looked at who was already in the faction. And, uh, you know, obviously you got Mike and Chance at the head of the pack. And I feel like that's best of both worlds because Chance is obviously a very well-rounded player, incredibly accurate. Um, uh, and he was the first one to transition from uh, the other leagues into the Schmodown. So I knew that would be a, va a valuable uh, 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 connection to make. And then Mike being who he is, you know, his legacy, his versatility as a competitor, uh, the fact that he and Chance uh, together, you know, have gone on this, in my opinion, historic run, um, which is is not over. I mean, they just won the belts back for the second time. So um, there's a legacy there. And, uh, and then um, Laura, I'd heard nothing but good things about, and I loved her matches. Um, I had met Marisol in at one of the New York events and uh, knew she was good people. And I also had seen her matches and I knew she was going to kick ass. Um, and then Mark Hoyk, uh, I have been a fan of since like the year 2000 when he was on Beat the Geeks. In fact, I was, I, I'm happy to, I'll give you this scoop and I don't think I can take full credit by any means, but like two years ago, I woke up like out of the blue and I was like, whatever happened to the movie geek? Like I just, I, it occurred to me, I've been watching the Schmodown for the longest time. Right. I was like, what happened to the movie geek? And then I looked him up and I found he, he was on Twitter. And then I posted on the Facebook group and I, and I tweeted at Christian. I was like, you got to dig this guy up. You know, he'd be perfect for the Schmodown. And then Christian replied to me and Mark and said, if he's in LA and wants to play, why not? And then Mark's like, I'd like to play. And then Christian's like, Hey, DM me. Oh, and I'm just, I, I'm, I have the screen captures from this. On my phone. Nice. I'm not going to pick them up right now. So um, I haven't, I haven't actually shared that story on the air before coincidentally, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like to think I played a small hand in that situation. Uh, so I, the chance to get to even meet Mark or, you know, work with him in any capacity really excited me. Um, so, uh, and then, you know, um, I liked everything I'd seen from Clee and Claudia as well. So, that was why they were my first choice. Um, I had a conversation with Winston as well. It was very positive, but I was very upfront with him that I pretty much made up my mind. And uh, I knew swag would be obviously a great opportunity for anybody, but I didn't want to lead him on or, you know, anything like that. But um, no, ever since I joined the relationship with Shannon has been fantastic. Uh, you know, we're, we uh, implicitly trust one another. Uh, we're in regular communication. Um, uh, she leads the charge in these study sessions, um, and uh, you know, uh, I've I've had her support since the beginning, and because um, you know we had such a positive experience in preparation for those Star Wars and IG tournaments, um, you know, she wanted to make sure I had an opportunity with the play-in matches when the time came, and um, as long as because I knew Marisol had been drafted first, um, uh, you know, I just wanted to make sure that Marisol was going to get a play and match as well before I agreed to that. And then when I found out that was the case, both of us were green lit. I was like, let's do this. Ah, sweet, sweet. Nice. 
Oh, well, do uh, you talk about the study sessions? They are legendary. Is everybody involved in study sessions, or is it only just like interviews, like one or two people at a time, or is it the whole like faction that gets involved in the whole thing? You know, it's it's you know uh, people come and go. To be honest <laughs> with you, um, uh, there's a few of us who are you know a little more like obsessed with this than than others. I won't name names uh, uh, just because <laughs> I, I got, other than me, I could say I'm obsessed with it. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, like I, I never stop uh, preparing for my next match ever. Um, so I'm in every single one of those study sessions. I can I can divulge that much. Um, but no, ever it's very active. Uh, you know, we have we have everyone coming in as often as they can and and helping out in any way they can. And um, uh, it's just it's just fun to have developed this uh, rapport with each other uh, by by talking about movies for hours at this point, you know? Awesome. Uh, well, you mentioned actually before also Star Wars and Intergeekdom as you prepare for those tournaments. Is there ever a chance that you would ever want to uh, expand beyond the singles and teams? I would I would love the opportunity to, uh, to do more next season. Um, singles and teams was my immediate priority. Right. Uh, but it's, you know, my, 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 my career in the other league speaks for itself. I didn't just play singles, you know? Right. So um, everything in its own time, I don't want to like come out and say like, I, I want to do this, this, and this, but I, I have, I have aspirations. I, I can tell you that. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so I don't have, I don't ever like to, I don't ever want anyone to deep dive into their study routine or anything like that. I would never ask a competitor that question at all. But I, I would like to know, going from the fan leagues into into uh, the major leagues, into the Schmodown, did your study routine change at all? You don't have to give details or anything like that. But did you did you find your study routine changing at all? Or are you sticking with a good old... Gotcha there. I, I, I can tell you this. Um, it became more uh just more of a regular part of my routine uh because when i was playing in the other leagues um i wanted to win those matches but playing in the schmodowns that that's that's another level of dedication that just comes by virtue of being in this uh in this league uh so naturally i just couldn't help but start to really absorb things at an exponential level um and yeah, I, I, while I won't go over particular study habits, um, the one thing we all do if we're serious about this game is we never stop watching things. And we, we never stop watching things we haven't. We, you got to seek out stuff you haven't seen before. And you've got to watch stuff that isn't in your normal genres. You know, I believe in, in making sure that you open yourself up to, to categories that you wouldn't otherwise gravitate towards because not only is it going to help you maybe win a match someday, but you might actually watch something you like. You know, like I've seen a lot of movies ever since I started playing the, these matches uh, that I would have never paid attention to. And they're not all winners, but there's some that really surprise me. And I'm and I'm and I I, I don't fancy myself a, a critic on uh, on the level of like a, a professional like Bibiani or McWeenie. But, um, you know, I have a critical mind. You know, I went to film school. I, I'm very engaged with film criticism. So I'm very analytical about films to begin with. So when it comes to the way I absorb information, uh, I don't have to sit down and read a book and study statistics to be good at the Schmodown. I'm naturally absorbing details of movies and then connecting them to other movies when I watch them. 
Um, and that's that's how you really beef up your base knowledge, in my opinion. And that's not a study habit. That's just how you engage with cinema. You either do or you don't, you know? Yeah, you know, that's actually an interesting point. I'm going to have to – I'll put you on the spot here. Do you have an example of a movie that you've discovered that you really liked or that you wouldn't have because of your, your studying habits? The entire Step Up series, thanks to William Biddy. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. I watched, I watched all of those movies because he would not shut up about them on critically acclaimed, and I was like, "All right, fine, I'll check them out." And they were delightful. Like I was like, especially that third one. Good God, that is a that is a powerhouse dance film. It's epic to watch. Uh, the plot is silly, but I mean, all the plots in those movies are pretty silly. The dancing though is striking. Like yeah. it's really impressive stuff. Um, so that would be one more extreme example. Um, I mean, I like dance movies in general. I just never watched those because they seemed really superficial and I just didn't think I'd find them interesting. And when I realized like, hey, it's okay to watch something that wasn't made specifically for you. And when I brought up criticism, the reason I mentioned that is because when I watch films now that I may not naturally enjoy as much, I try and view it uh, from the demographic of who it's going towards, you know, like what would someone else get out of this movie, you know? And that can kind of change my perspective and help me get more out of a movie that maybe I otherwise wouldn't find that interesting. Yeah, bravo, well said. You got to watch everything, Andreas. Uh, <laughs> Charlie, good to see you, Sean. It was good to see you. And uh, I believe also uh, Mr. Parker wanted to say hi. As kind hey. Of Love the spider. Uh, <laughs> I, I am absolutely loving um, the rookie season that we have this year. This is such a fun crop of rookies that we have going in. So congratulations on that on your rookie year coming in. And, you know, I know we talked about it earlier uh, behind the scenes about your time in the fan leagues and uh, how much time you spent there and now coming into the Schmodown. So you got your in, in faction with Mike Kalinowski you're in uh you're doing your playing match with mr andres uh, galagos that was just in the mm -hmm. chat over there and now your second match into the schmodown is going up against john roca a powerhouse inside of the schmodown did you think yeah. that you'd get to someone like john roca so soon well i mean i knew what was going to happen if if i won the play-in match so i knew it was going to be him or merle and i'm just like that's how this is going to be. Okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, uh, but going back to Andres, uh, I can't emphasize enough that uh, Andres uh, needs to come back and play a singles match sooner rather than later. He got six out of eight in round one. Um, inner geekdom is a tough slice. It goes, it could be, it's all over the place. Um, and the reason, and I, I wouldn't, I would have been uh, more gutsy with movie release dates if, uh, if uh, I didn't know, like it was something that he was good at. Right. Uh, that's why I checked the multiple choice twice because I knew I'd set up myself up for a two point steal if I wasn't careful. Uh, so, you know, he definitely challenged me in ways that I think people don't realize. Uh, I got the TKO, but uh, at the same time, you know, he, he was keeping pace and he's going to be great in the showdown going forward. So I, I took him very seriously. So when I won that match, um, I was like just waiting forever, like, when am I going to know who if it's going to be Merle or Roca? And so we had to get through that. We had to get through that Roca Irwin match, and that was a thing. I was like, okay, so good chance it'll be Roca, but I mean, Dan's got to defend against Irwin now, and if Dan loses, then I could end up playing Dan, and that's like honestly, either one is intimidating, you know. And it's no, it's no disrespect to Roca, but I'm, I'm admitted, I was admittedly a little more intimidated to play Dan if I had to, you know, choose between the two because it's it's Dan Merle. 
And like to have that be my second match. I mean, Roka as my second match is intimidating enough. Um, but either either way, I knew it was going to be tough. So when I knew it was Roka um, after that title defense, I was just like, I gotta I gotta make this a match. I gotta mm-hmm. you know like I don't like I can live with losing to Roka. I think anybody could, but I really really need to make this count. And I just started going back and watching all of his matches again. I mean, I was already very familiar with Roca, but um, I wanted to go back and see like some of his more high scoring matches, some of his higher accuracy matches, uh, matches where he got the most steals. It's just, it's, it was just a good way for me to get into his headspace going into that. And, and I know he said he watched some of my matches too, but you know, I just, I know how engaged I was with the game already. Um, and I just think I was, looking at Roka in a way that he couldn't possibly be looking at me. Makes sense. I've got to say, watching that match was very impressive, obviously. I mean, yeah. killing a legend is something you got to be really proud of. Yeah. Uh, what's funny to me was I feel like I watched the whole match and I kept saying, wow, he's so unflappable. Like, he just kind of never gave away anything, like, as far as, like, any intimidation factor mm-hmm. until the end of the match. And, when, like, when you won, it was just this big, like, Oh, a moment. <laughs> well, like, it at that point. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, uh, that reaction was real, but it was also, it was not so much, uh, pent up as, um, I won, I won. Like that was, that was what the M- TK TKO like that. That's what that was. Okay. I, was like, I mean, it was just like the reality was setting in that I'd won. Uh, and, uh, Christian said himself, he's like, Collins is in shock right now. I was like, yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. And the comment about the legs, trust me, I felt my legs during that entire match. I was fully aware of everything that was happening during that match. It was once the match is over, it's like, I can, I don't have to answer any more questions. And I won. This feels right. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anybody would, anybody can blame you. Nobody can blame yeah. you. Checking yeah. out at that point, just being on cloud nine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know that you, uh, having heard some of your new views before, you said you had got into the showdown in 2015, 2016, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Like, now that you're here, is this is John Roca or anybody else, someone who really wanted to face? Did you go, like, this is the person I want to face? Who would it be now? Uh, I mean, everything in its own time. I mean, I got a lot of, lot of people on my side of the bracket that would be fun to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, any of these possibilities are exciting. Um, you know, I mean, my next match, which we'll get to later, I'm very excited about. Good, good. Um, and then, you know, if I'm fortunate enough to keep going, uh, I mean, just look at that bracket. I mean, Bibbs, Barbarian, Liz, Chance, um, Brendan, Andreco, any of them would be really, really exciting to play. And I mean, uh, if Chance and I end up meeting at some point, uh, you know, I know it'll be very similar to the IG final. So I'm okay with that if it happens. Um, uh, but I mean, I'd be happy to play any one of those people on that side of the bracket if I can get past Lon. So um, uh, I'll, I'll focus on what's right in front of me. And I can tell you, I would be thrilled to play any of those people. I think it would be a, a real challenge. Um, you know, uh, Bibbs is someone I've admired for a long time. Um, as a critic and a player. Uh, so playing him one day would be really exciting. Um, I'm very impressed with what uh, Craig the Barbarian's done, uh, you know, in two divisions this year. I think uh, he's he's going to do some amazing stuff. Um, so playing him would be really exciting. Um, 
But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, John is definitely someone I wanted to play, but I just didn't, you know, I didn't know that I would get into this tournament, let alone that my second match would be against someone like John, you know? Right. So it was, it was a shock uh, when I saw that it was going to be him or Merle, but then I had so much time to adjust to it that by the time I got to the match, I was in the right headspace, you know? Like if I found out 24 hours prior that I was playing Roka, that'd be a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I got to know, Adam, um, I want to know about the coyote. Tell me about your nickname. How did that come from? Where did it come from? And it, does it got any specific sort of special meaning? Uh, yeah. I mean, so um, the coyote is an extension of, uh, uh, you know, my, my, my personality from uh, the other leagues. So I didn't get heavy into character work in those, in those leagues um, just because I was focused on just trying to win. Um but my my name in those leagues was the Nomad, and the idea behind the Nomad was that uh, it was an extension of my my personal life because I've lived on both coasts. I've lived in the middle of the country. I've moved around a lot, um, and I also was playing in all these different leagues simultaneously. Uh, so I felt like the Nomad was the appropriate moniker at the time. You know, kind of literal, but uh, you know, I, it worked for me. Right. And when I presented that to Christian. He, he, he liked the idea behind the name, but he wanted it to be something that popped a little bit more and had more of a visual element to it. So when he proposed the coyote, I, I felt like that was a good way for us to meet in the middle and kind of rebrand that idea as something that was more, uh, more visual yeah. um, and also had these, the, all these potentials for metaphor in a really cool way. Because, you know, I'm not going to show up in a fake fur skin getup uh, you know, I think barbarians cornered the market on that, but I do, I do like the idea of, uh, you know, being, being on the prowl, uh, being uh, a scavenger, a survivor, uh, and, and, uh, a character that roams from land to land. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm always in my bunker during my promos because that's where I study. <laughs> the cabin in the woods, so to speak. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I I love that. I really enjoy hearing you uh, talk about uh, character and the progression of your character because that's that's one of the fun things about the Schmodown is character work. And I love that you said that you know you're being humble about coming into the league and not being the, a big braggadocious person. But I'm really excited to see to see uh, to see you move forward into the league with your character and what the Coyote does, especially with what you have going on with Muddy Soul. So Howling Justice, that's like I saw your interview on the on the rundown. And um, that's a great catchphrase. I love that. And I'm very excited to see what the two of you have going into the future. So I want to know how you feel about Muddy Soul as a teammate and and your future in the league. Well, I, and forgive me, and I'm sure she will as well. I, uh, I will, I cannot, I cannot achieve that pronunciation of her name, which is beautiful, by the way. So, <laughs> I, um, uh, so that's my disclaimer right there. Um, but uh, yeah, no, she and I uh, hit it off, and uh, we were coming into this at the same time. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I went over it, you know, more or less on previous shows. But once, once Mike and Chance won the belts back. Uh, we were crossing our fingers that it would be us, but we didn't know for sure. Right. And Shannon proposed it. And then the next step was like, just making sure we got the blessing of the other faction mates. Um, but we're already dialed into playing, you know, it's a natural, it's a natural progression. And because 
you know, she had such a strong debut. She had an amazing showing against Paul, who played 100% perfect mm -hmm. and couldn't knock her out, by the way. Right. So, like, she is – the sky's the limit for, for Marisol going forward. Um, so once once I found out that uh, – we found out that it was official, it's like, we want to take this tournament by storm. Trust me. Yeah, we are we are very, very serious about making a statement in this tournament. And whoever we play first, we wouldn't care if it was founding fathers, wouldn't care if it was final exam. We will play any of them, and we will make them sweat, if not beat them. Trust me. <laughs> All right. I, 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 I'm, I just, I, I, we complement each other's knowledge very well, and I'm very excited to show people what we can do as a team. Yeah, I'm super excited. So um, we know the teams that are going into the tournament. So with the teams that are not in the tournament, if you had an opportunity to play any team inside of the Schmodown past or present, is there any team specifically that or that you would want to play with Monty? Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, we're excited about a lot of the possible matchups in this tournament. Um, we don't know who we're playing yet. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll find out in the next month or so. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love us to play uh, Odd Couple, Founding Fathers, Final Exam, just off the top of my head. All three of those would be very exciting. Um, and then, uh, I mean, look at, look at the current championship picture. I mean, I, I, of course, like playing Shazam eventually would be a, a real challenge. And then, and then ideally we'll be challenging Mike and Chance for the belts. That's, that's the plan. Because that, that, be, that would be an epic, uh, uh, respectable contest, and and that and that uh, that's how we plan to uh, close out the year strong for corruption. Yeah. So you don't think that it'll be heel heat between you guys? Is Kenneth making a chance to have a little bit of heel heat going on? You guys will be still respectable with each other? Um. No. No. Uh, I I think we'll be okay. Um. You know. Uh. There's not a lot of blame going around in our faction when uh, if some if something doesn't go somebody's way, I'll leave it at that. Uh. Uh, look who's in the chat there, Marisol. Oh, this guy's all right. I think I'll keep him also. Werewolves of London sounded like to me, but I can't do it better than <laughs> better, better than that. So thank you, Marisol. I, and I, I appreciate her sentiments. I agree, Awu. Very much, Awu. <laughs> I'm not going to do the full howl. Uh, right now, because I don't want to blow out your 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 uh, earphones, but Awu, indeed, I, I love that. That's so good. Uh, just to get Jake, uh, Streamlab from Jake Yakovetta donating, saying I'm not even pandering to the guest, but after last week, I have Adam winning the whole tournament. Had like an hour long breakdown of the rest of the tournament with my mom, and that's where I landed. Nice. <laughs> no pressure at no pressure all. At all. Right? Yeah. No, pressure yeah. at all. no, honestly, honestly, uh, you know, it's not that. Uh, it's always, you always have to reset for your next opponent. It doesn't right. matter who they are. I went in uh, against Andres. Uh, it's like, I was, I was intimidated by that match. Cause I didn't, there's, we didn't know anything about each other. And that's always more intimidating than playing. Even, like it's, I guess technically sure. I'll, I'll say Roca's a more intimidating opponent overall, just because of his pedigree and his history. But uh, there's something to be said about not knowing much about your opponent. And um, so, you know, uh, getting past the play-in was a big step for me. Mm -hmm. And then obviously getting past Roca was a huge step. Um, so now it's really just like, I, I gotta, I'm looking at Lon and I'm realizing like, I get, I get his character. I think his character is amazing. Um, 
And, but I also know how good he is. I know that that guy, uh, people forget that guy has gotten like three or four perfect rounds with the bonus. People don't talk about that. Uh, they don't talk about the fact that he remembers that Falstaff is the main character in Chimes at Midnight with Orson Welles. No one, like Lon just knew that when they asked him that, like in classics, like without hesitation. So Lon <laughs> is dangerous. Is dangerous, and uh, uh, I I go into every match just like resetting the button and assuming my opponent wants to kill me with trivia. <laughs> and Lon, you never know what he's going to do, especially if it's a delinquent. So it could be actually literal, but well, I guess we'll yeah. Find and then he's going to try and search my body for a flask, which he'll probably <laughs> find. <laughs> yeah. So uh, to kind of use that as a nice little pivot, I what's up, Jill? Love Jill. Uh, Jill's in the chat. So I I watched a couple of the interviews that you've done on, on other shows. So shout out to everyone doing wonderful work uh, for the Schmodown, um, getting everybody on. And I I saw that that you've done bar trivia before and a lot of um, so going from bar trivia to this type of environment. It's got to be totally different. One of the things that you touched on was like, it's just not taken so seriously in bar trivia. Like, do you feel like this level of uh, Schmodown play is more akin to just just you as a person? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it started when I was playing in multiplex. Uh, I just, you know, they take it so seriously over there and um, they take pride in the way they write questions. So that really set a precedent for me early. Um, to, I, I really respected the structure and watching the Schmodown, you know, gave me that same satisfaction. I like the structure. Obviously we're, we're, we're every season we're running into, uh, questions and, and answers to questions that, you know, uh, people debate. And I think that's healthy. And I think that's how we evolve the game. But for the most part, like it's a very airtight process, uh, as much as it can be because, Movies are so subjective, so you could phrase something a certain way, and people are going to think like you're you're you're, you're uh, completely off base because that's not the way they relate to the film. But uh, you, um, so like I, I really do appreciate the structure of of the Schmodown when I when I moved up to to the Schmodown because uh, I'm not worried about like these groups of people who are Googling everything on their phones. Like that's that's why I gave up on bar trivia even pre-COVID because I was just done. I'm going there and I'm like, you know, usually I'm answering, frankly, I'm answering most of the questions for my team. And uh, and then uh, I, I see some other uh, table, like towards the end, just start running up points at the end and I see that their phones are out. And it just, that's not the case at every bar. Some people are way better at enforcing rules and stuff like that. but it just really turned me off. So I wanted to go somewhere where I could play movie trivia specifically with rules and accountability and focus. Uh, be, you know, so uh, the Schmodown obviously serves that and then some, um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's something I've always wanted to compete in because I, uh, frankly, ever since I watched beat the geeks, uh, I've been, yeah, I've had a, I've had a mind for trivia. So. Nice. Uh, another super chat here from Andres. We love Andres. Adam, if you could have chosen a copywritten song for your theme, what would you have chosen? That's a great, great question. question. Um, I've thought of this. Uh, it's um, it's a cover of the song "The Pusher." So "The Pusher" is originally by Steppenwolf. It's in um, it's in uh, uh, Easy Rider, and uh, but one of my favorite bands ever, 
uh, Blind Melon. Uh, they did a cover of that song. And it is a killer track. Uh, so the Pusher by Blind Melon is the one that I would have chosen. Um, you know, nowadays, even if we could get the copyrights, I don't know if it would fly because they say goddamn and they reference drug use once or twice. But it's a great song. And it opens up with this just amazing riff on an acoustic guitar uh, that I, 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 you know, when I fantasized about playing in the Schmodown, I just like imagine that, you know, like queuing up and then bursting through the curtains, all that good stuff. And having it be like personal to me because I love Blind Melon so much, but it's also like an indirect reference to Easy Rider. So that's kind of cool. So trust me, I've thought about it. <laughs> well, got that, Andre. So yeah, I love it as well, I guess. A good choice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, speaking of busting through the curtain and, and you know, dreams of going into the Schmodown, it's very unfortunate that we have to, you know, play in the way that we're playing now. So I, I, I want to get your opinion on stuff like that, you know, playing. Um, how do you feel about not being able to play in the studio? Yeah, I mean, um, it's At least right it, yeah, it's a two way street, in my opinion. Yeah. So, like, in, on one hand, it's, it's really a, a blessing and an opportunity for so many of us because um, I, this, this situation we're all in is terrible. We all know that, and uh, we all want to see it. Uh, we all want to get on the other side of it and see people getting healthy and being safer. But um, in the meantime, it's, I think it's all given us pause and had us, had forced us to take account of you know, the things that are within our control. And uh, having the silver lining be that we can start opening up the, the league to people who are out of town, I think that can't be uh, overlooked. I think that's huge as major implications going forward for the Schmodown. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that I was able to get involved sooner rather than later uh, because all of us kind of as a society agreed we, we're going to live online for a while, guys. Do you want to have nothing or do you want to be online? And um, lately there's been this, this uh, pivot back to this conversation about like, well, would such and such have done better if they were in the studio and all this stuff. And that's a, I, I understand the speculation for sure. Cause um, uh, you know, playing live on a stage, playing in the studio around other people versus playing at home, it's different. But the difference, the thing I think people need to, you know, really focus on with these virtual matches is I don't think any of us has a distinct advantage over the other because we're all at home, you know, and I, I played a handful more matches online than some of these veteran competitors. Yes, but I'm no less intimidated. I don't I, I, I'm no less like going into any match. There's this excitement you feel as a competitor. You know, you get butterflies, you know, it's it's you feel that even if you're in front of your computer. So even though I was calm during my Roka match, uh, I was excited going into it. It's just, I have this, I'm able to almost flip a switch when I'm playing the game where I just, I focus in on the questions and I think about only the questions. And I, I have the utmost confidence that when I'm provided the opportunity to go be in a studio, you could put Roka on the other side of the table. Roka, if he really wants to, could just challenge me to an exhibition match if it's that important to him. Um, and I would be happy to play him in the studio again. Uh, and he can scream in my face the entire time. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But I, I would be just as confident going into that match that I would make it challenging if not win again. You know, I think I, 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 I focus on the questions and I prepare for my opponent. It's that simple. Um, a live event, I think, is the only thing that is on another level because you could have anywhere from 300 to 1,000 people in front of you. And that is 
even if you're not intimidated by it, you're excited by it. And right. it, you can thrive off of it, but you also got to make a lot of extra effort to really focus on the questions. So uh, if I'm ever able to get to that level where I can play in a live event, uh, I look forward to that challenge. But I am eager to play in the studio uh, so that people can uh, see that it's not just a virtual thing. Good. That's interesting to say because I remember I was, I was talking about the difference between facing a John Rocha and raising a Lon Harris just in terms of uh, gameplay and stuff. As John is going for the intimidation factor, whereas Lon might be going for the like not even meaning to, but just the distraction by being so funny with the with Mark Ellis and everything else. Is that something that could distract you? You think going up? Um, Lon, oh Lon. I mean, Elon being delinquent and just like throwing like not even jabs at you, just like being funny and almost like a distraction, almost like getting right. off your gameplay a little bit. I think is that he fear? Can, uh, he can certainly try. I, I honestly like I, I, I really am able to compartmentalize when I'm playing this game, and I just um, it's not that I would be able to completely ignore antics. Um, you know, I certainly picked up on what Roka was throwing down in my match with him. Even though he was a little more subdued than he normally is, you know, he threw out some jabs here and there. He couldn't help it. And I'm like, I hear you. Let's get back to playing the game. <laughs> and so, like, Juan uh, is a whole different thing because he's not trying to scare me. You know, he could just, yeah, he could literally make me laugh, um, you know, if, I, if I'm not paying close enough attention. So I'm going to be on my guard with him because he, he's, he's very, he's still to this day, even though people consider him good, he's still underrated for sure. Um, I think he's demonstrated how dangerous he is in that run with Paul recently. And now they're going to get another chance in this team's tournament. So, yeah, I mean, it's a factor to consider, but um, all I can do is just re focus on listening to, you know, uh, the, the announcers. And not get distracted by them bird calling like, like Ben Goddard did. Pretty much. <laughs> that, that wouldn't bother me either. But, okay. <laughs> I'm fine with that. They can, they can right. sing to me. They can sing. I don't care. Well, definitely get a little bit of Van Halen probably from. Yeah. From I, once I've heard the question, I'm tuning them out anyway. No offense to them, but yeah. That's what you got to do it. That's what you should do. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, how are you feeling, Paul? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, right. Adam? Oh, I'm 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 on board for this, guys. <laughs> Riding yeah. smooth. Yeah. Let's do. Have a question. I did a question you mentioned film school. That will yeah, in a film school. Now that's interesting to me like, how that affects the schmoder and everything. But did you ever? What was your dream when you were going to film school? Did you have a certain type of style of film you were looking to make? Uh, anything? Any directors you were looking forward to? Uh, looking up to? Try to maybe yeah, your yeah, own style. I mean, um, you know, I uh, honestly, I like a lot of young kids getting out of high school. You know, had my whole life ahead of me. I was really excited. You know. Felt like, you know, the world was my oyster. So uh, I jumped into film school and, you know, I don't regret it at all. Um, it's just like, you know, I, I, frankly, I was a little naive about it. You know, it was, it, film school was amazing. And if anyone's serious about film school, I'm not discouraging you go to film school because my, my degree was not a waste of time at all. It's just in retrospect, I kind of, you know, uh, I would have approached it a little bit differently if I'd started it in like my mid twenties than like when I was 18 years old. <laughs> Right. No. So, uh, but at the same time, uh, that's, that's where I fell in love with film like deeply because, um, I love the movies all growing up, um, uh, more than the average person for sure. And, uh, when I got to college, um, uh, I, I applied to, uh, the film program at Ithaca college at their communication school. 
Okay. Uh, got in. Uh, had the time of my life for four years. Uh, spent some time uh, in Los Angeles. Spent some time after I graduated in Seattle. Uh, did did a little bit here and there, uh, but it's just not something. I also graduated during the recession, the first one. Um, <laughs> so uh, that was that was tough. You know, uh, there weren't a lot of jobs that were going to be like uh, nine to five in the film industry right out of the gate. So, um, but what I took away from it though was the way I engage with the medium and the way uh, it impacted me across all walks of life. And uh, I got to be cagey about which directors I mentioned because some of them are wheel slices. <laughs> but there's one who's not a wheel slice who I think is safe to mention, and that's Werder Herzog. Um, okay. Yeah, so uh, Werder Herzog, um, uh, David Lynch, uh, Jim Jarmusch, those are three who aren't wheel slices I can mention, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, um, no, those are three directors that uh, I was obsessed with in film school, and I watched their entire filmography, and they're still three of my favorite filmmakers. And um, I just wait around anytime they make anything. So um, I really glommed onto their stuff, and I made a lot of, you know, I took a lot of experimental film classes uh, and made, made some stuff I'm really proud of, made some really weird stuff, you know, um, uh, but it was, it was an experience I wouldn't trade for anything. That's for sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like that. This is going to be a randomly odd question. Uh, but are, are you looking forward to Dune? I am looking forward to Dune. Um, so I'm not a hardcore Dune fan as far as the books are concerned. Um, I'm very aware of Dune. Um, I, I, I mean, to be frank, the, uh, David Lynch's Dune, I like it more than most people, but it's also my least favorite David Lynch film, if I'm being completely honest. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think it's uh, it's an interesting like anomaly of a movie, because that's the movie he made instead of Return of the Jedi. And mm -hmm. I always found that to be an interesting... It makes sense that he would have done that over Return of the Jedi. 100%. Because sure. uh, he had more creative control over the, the project and everything. Can you imagine um, Return of the Jedi, though? My God, oh, my gosh. Yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I would, I would love that, too. I would love to see what David Lynch would do with Ewoks. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, no, d the original Dune, I think, has its place in the history books. I know it's not, like, an, uh, uh, an objectively great film, but I think it's interesting. And I think it's very visually compelling. And then people always forget about the sci-fi miniseries, you know, yeah. like that, that was halfway decent from what I recall. Um, it's just, it had a low budget. That was the only problem. Right. Uh, but for a TV miniseries, it was okay. Um, but seeing what Villeneuve's doing uh, visually with this, I mean, once I heard he was going to make it, it just made sense on the heels of Blade Runner 2049. Cause you see that movie and you just see where his heart is with that genre. It's like it went Arrival and then Blade Runner 2049, and now we're like at this extreme level with Dune. Like he, all bets are off with the movie, right. and I want it to succeed because you know, I hope, I hope, I hope it can succeed. But I'm, I, you know, I'm as skeptical as everyone else. Not because I don't think it's going to be good, just because I know what general audiences are like. We saw what happened to Blade Runner 2049, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, exactly. So. Uh, Polyama agrees with you about someone graduating from film school right into a pandemic. So. Good to yeah. See you, yeah, I had to run a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of retail stores throughout my twenties to pay the bills. So that was that was fun. Uh, left that life behind a while ago, thank God. But uh, yeah, I had I, I I did what I had to do to to pay the bills, and I just kept watching movies too. 
Absolutely. That's why I worked at FYE. Actually, I got to watch the movies during when I was working sometimes. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. hey, I, had, I had a stint at Hollywood Video for a while. I closed it when they when they went when they died. I helped liquidate a couple of those stores. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Because of that was depressing. <laughs> my, mom, my mom was an assistant manager at Hollywood Video for a long time when I was a kid. So I, I spent my summers inside of a Hollywood video. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're familiar. Yeah. I mean, uh, many, many hours I'll uh, uh, spent in that Hollywood video. Um, Good times. Yeah. Watching the movies on Tuesdays. Woo, fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I always had a blast there. <laughs> now, I have to ask about your Twitter handle. Can you oh, yeah. tell me what that, uh, where that came from? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, you wouldn't. Um, uh, so, uh, Eisenthor. Yeah. So, Eisenthor is this character from um, a short story I wrote a uh, long time ago. I wrote hmm. the first version of it in high school, I wrote another version of it in college. And Eisenthor is this, uh, my favorite character, one of my favorite characters in literature cinema of all time is, is Gandalf. Um, Gandalf is uh, who I want to be when I grow up. You know, that's, that's what I want to do uh, someday. I want to be a wizard and roam the countryside and have make cool fireworks for people. That's what I want to do. Um, but uh, to scratch that itch in the, in the meantime, I, I, I wanted to write my own story about a wizard who was as old and ancient as Gandalf, but he's the main protagonist. We see everything from his point of view. And I like the idea of having an elderly protagonist in a story, uh, especially a fantasy story where Gandalf's a very prominent character, but it's never truly from his point of view. And I was like, well, what if this was a fully rounded wizard character who actually you know, engages uh, uh, with his surroundings and we can start to identify with him and find out what scares him when he's so powerful and things like that. So I, I worked on that idea several times and maybe one day I'll write the movie, who knows? But <laughs> his name is Eisenthor. Uh, and um, uh, it's just because I wanted to create a name back then that was completely made up and had kind of a fun phonetic sound to it. And then it just became the username that was never taken. And, uh, you know, uh, but it's also, to me, it's also this like quiet acknowledgement of just, you know, I want to be a wizard someday and not a Harry Potter wizard. No offense to people who love Harry Potter. It's cool. It's cool. But I'm a Lord of the Rings wizard. That's what I want to be. I want to be fighting Balrogs and I want to be cutting off the heads off of goblins. I want to do that kind of stuff. That makes sense. I get that. Uh, ben Bateman in the chat there. Congrats, rookie. Played like a champ. Oh man, that's hello, Ben. That's yeah. very nice of you to say. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ben Bateman doing some scouting, it looks like. <laughs> He's always working, that guy. He's always working. <laughs> well, without further ado, I think it's time to get into uh, the second part of the show. This is called This or That. If you've uh, visited us before, you know how this works. And if you don't, I'll explain it briefly now. I'm going to be giving Adam uh, option A, option B. And uh, let him choose between them and tell us why, if he wants to. Or he can just say, them and let go. That's up to him, really. Uh, mm -hmm. You can throw some in the chat if you'd like. Some will be written for him specifically. Some will be uh, some of the ones we do, we kind of do on a, on a regular basis. Uh, so we get our baselines going. Uh, are you ready, Adam? Are you ready to, to take on the challenge? Let's go. All right. The first one we always ask on this channel, uh, being a uh, son, bastard son, so to speak, of the Action Army team, team action. Are you uh, on the side of the Civil War? Are you Team Guy, 
are Eugene Bateman. Jeez. Um, and then no pressure that Ben Bateman's in the chat, by the way. No yeah, yeah. Um, well, let me put it this way. Uh, I would drink whiskey with both of them. Um, I, is that a cop-out? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, like, honestly, I don't, I don't, right now it seems like, uh, uh, you know, guy is going through some stuff. Um, and I hope he pulls through and I hope that, uh, people stop like, you know, tapping his phones or whatever it is they're doing to him. It's driving him nuts. Um, so I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of sympathizing with Guy right now because I just feel bad for him. I don't know if that means I'm siding on the Guy side of the Civil War necessarily, but I just I feel bad for whatever he's dealing with. Um, but I mean, you look at Bateman, and uh, you know, uh, Bateman is uh, a very storied competitor. A very, uh, I, I mean, that that is a a, a guy with a, a real legacy already, um, and. I'll be interested to see uh, how things play out in the wake of this uh, this match uh, yeah. with Dan. You know, I know a lot is up in the air right now, um, so maybe those two will be like ships in the night, except they'll stop. If know? we, from your lips to the Schmodown God's ears, whether it be Christian or whoever, <laughs> at this point, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. You did say, and then, and then I have to answer this question in the future. Hopefully, <laughs> you seemed to deflect very well, sir, and I, I'm, I won't push, but. <laughs> I'm going to call that team action, I'll say, because it was a little leaning towards him a little bit, we'll say, <laughs> so if I have to mark it down, we'll grade it. We'll leave it uh, ungraded for now, but <laughs> all right, uh, let's see here. Next up, how about the Rocky franchise? Mm. Well, no, I'm sorry, not the Rocky franchise, say Rocky or Creed. Rocky or Creed? Yeah, Rocky or Creed. Um, I mean... What's happened, uh, if I could just offer a, a, a preface, if I may. Um, I, I think what what uh, has been accomplished with the two Creed movies is incredible. Um, I think not only has it revitalized the franchise, it's offered a new perspective uh, from a, a really interesting character, more than one interesting character. Mm -hmm. um, and Creed two effectively made the events of Rocky Four. Uh, more realistic by default uh, because they were acknowledged in a realistic way. So I, I can't uh, overstate how much I love the Creed movies, but I have to choose Rocky because there's six of them and I grew up with those films. They were some of the first movies I ever watched. And I was the guy who, even though I knew he was going to win that rematch with Clubber Lang, I was running around screaming and cheering him on during the match because I wanted him to win so bad. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I have to go with the original series because of what it meant to me. Um, I am so glad the Creed movies exist. Um, yeah. I also don't think there need to be six Creed movies. I think one more would be sufficient if they have a really good story. I don't think they even have to do that, but I would take one more if they have a really good idea. Um, but you look at the Rocky franchise, and with the exception of number five, which obviously is problematic at best, um, I think Rocky Balboa was just such a cool way to bring it back into the mainstream and such a heartfelt movie. The movie's so, frankly, it's a sweet movie in, in all the best ways. I, I find it very moving that Rocky Balboa. I like that movie a lot. So, uh, yeah, I love the Creed movies, but I got to go with the Rocky franchise. I go with that as well. I actually would do that as well. So good choice there. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, this, this is kind of a timely one. 
Uh, Bill S. Preston or Ted Theodore Logan? I am Ted Theodore Logan because Keanu Reeves is uh, uh, someone very near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, I, I, I remember I saw a bogus journey before I saw excellent adventure. Oh, did uh, you? Yeah. As a kid, for whatever reason. And, um, you know, send, I love both of those movies. I love the new one. I love the new one. That, that movie was like made, like, I feel like it was made just for me. Like I'm watching it. I'm just like, other people are watching this too. Cause it's just like, seems like kind of like esoteric in a way with all these references, but I really love it. Um, no. Uh, so I'm Ted Theodore Logan because I just identify with Keanu. Uh, uh, I identify with the Ted character. I mean, they're, they're similar. Yes. But like, you know, he also had to deal with possibly getting shipped off to military school. Like Bill didn't have the imminent threat in his life that Ted did. And yeah. I, and I like that Ted had just a little extra element of peril that he was dealing with. And Bill just loves his buddy. So he's trying to help him not get shipped off to military school. Okay. So I think that's, I think Bill is salt of the earth. They both are, but I think like Ted just had a few more things on his plate that I identified with. That's a good choice. I, uh, I haven't seen the third one yet. I do, do want to see that oh, it's, soon. It's wonderful. I had to blame my son because my son wanted to watch them with me and he never saw the original. So I had to watch the first one and then I have to find time for the second one. But yeah, third one soon. So I'm looking forward to it. I've heard all the great reviews. So I'm definitely excited about it. Although I'm oh, curious yeah. about George Carlin, about missing George Carlin in it. So yeah, I won't, I won't spoil anything, but they, they, they honor him in a really cool way. Um, cool. And uh, 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 death. William Sadler is the Grim Reaper. is just genius. It's just, yeah. I want him to have his own movie, honestly. But I think he could. I mean, I haven't seen the third one yet, but I, I think he could totally handle that. I mean, we've seen Minions get a spinoff from Despicable Me. I think if that could happen, then Death could totally yeah. do a movie by himself. So, all right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, speaking of uh, Keanu, looking forward to more John Matri John Wick four or The Matrix four. Um, I'm excited for both. Um, uh, John Wick for slightly more just because the franchise has been so consistent for me. Um, now I actually really enjoy the matrix sequels more than most people. Um, I see all the flaws. I get the criticisms, but they're not unpleasant for me to watch like for, they are for other people. I think the second one is a fun action film. I think the third one is a little too cerebral for its own good at times, but I find it interesting. Um, uh, but that first one, I still consider a masterpiece uh, for all intents and purposes. I think it functions on so many different levels. So the fact that um, the Wachowskis are working on it again, and I feel like uh, there's a really good idea behind it. I, I trust that there's a good idea behind it to bring Keanu back in some capacity. Um, so I'm really, I have high expectations that it'll at least hopefully rank higher for people than the original two sequels. I'm hoping it does that, but I have complete faith in the John Wick franchise at this point. And, and, and my hope is that they, they are able to keep it hidden from us until the fifth movie that uh, uh, they've cast Daniel Craig as the final boss. <laughs> that would be awesome. As like a, as like a simultaneous send off for him as Bond. I think that would be kind of brilliant. But... <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That would be great. Okay. All right. Uh, moving further on. Let's see how it goes. The uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy or the original Star Wars trilogy? It's cruel. I have an answer, but it's with, again, it's with a qualifier, if that's okay. Um, what? Uh, if pressed, the Lord of the Rings, 
but but for very specific reasons. Uh, so like a lot of people, those are two of my favorite franchises. Uh, you know, I think the whole world loves most of those franchises. Um, but the original Star Wars trilogy, um, I mean, I, 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 I went and saw it in theaters when I was younger, when it came back in 97. Um, so that was just, even with all the special edition silliness that everyone complains about, which can we just get over it at this point? Like it is what it is. Like it just is what it is. Let's move on. Um, it's still Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> so uh, when I saw those in theaters for the first time, I'd watched them on VHS growing up, like here and there, but I'd never really done. Actually, my first Star Wars movie was Caravan of Courage, the Ewok Adventures. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> which I own on DVD. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, no, the original trilogy uh, is near and dear to my heart. And um, it's one of the reasons I fell in love with movies, uh, like a lot of people. But The Lord of the Rings hit me at a time where uh, I just had this deeply emotional response to it. And my, I love Star Wars and Star Wars does elicit an emotional response from me, but Lord of the Rings was different. Uh, I saw Fellowship of the Ring in theaters six times uh, alone, <laughs> just cause I couldn't <laughs> stop seeing it. I was a, a what, freshman in high school back then, I think. Um, but yeah, I just kept going back to that movie because I just had such a strong response. It was so immersive. That's the other thing. Like, I love those original Star Wars movies, and I can suspend my disbelief with some of the gags in them, but The Lord of the Rings is truly immersive for me. Uh, I, I love the books, uh, so my emotional connection to that material goes a little bit deeper, and I also just find that trilogy to be uh, lightning in a bottle. I don't think anything like that will be replicated because I think what Peter Jackson did at the time, even he can't repeat. He tried with the Hobbit movies, and I, again, I enjoy those more than most people because I love Middle Earth. But the Lord of the Rings movies are just objectively, in my opinion, big accomplishments. I know a lot of people like get to them late in life and say, what's the big deal? They're really long. But, you know, I, I think uh, the prevailing opinion is that they are valuable contributions to film. And I think that uh, just the production design and, and everything about them is just uh, astonishing. So that's why I, I pick Lord of the Rings with a slight edge with the qualifier that um, Star Wars is what made me be a nerd in the first place, probably. I love that answer. Anyways. I, mean, I love both of them, and I would hate to, I would actually hate to be asked that question for the same yeah. reason that I uh, do that. Uh, Marisol does say one trilogy to rule them all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She and I are in agreement on that. Yeah, we've discussed it. Star Wars is great despite absolutely Star Wars. Lurling could exist as greatly as books. That's an interesting caveat. Um, but yeah, I also have to subscribe the clerks too, uh, to that. If you've seen that, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I made fun of it so hard, the super nerd threw up. <laughs> That's something what he says, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I understand, uh, uh, the argument, you know, they could be just books, but they are still just books and they're never going to stop being books. It's just right. those of us who love movies have the movies too, and it's best of both worlds. That's true. Absolutely. All right. Now, we talked about this one before a little bit, but I don't think we ever got a final answer. Would you guys rather face corruption for the belts or would you rather face Shazam for the belts? Uh, corruption. You would still definitely face corruption for the belts. Yeah. Think. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, playing Shazam would be a great contest and we'd be excited to rise to the occasion for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but 
nothing beats uh, a, a true contest between people who respect each other. And when the faction wins in the end, that get, that gives you peace of mind. Uh, so you that's that's ultimately your silver lining. And I think that was proven in the Intergeekdom tournament. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't BS. We were all thrilled with that outcome because they ended up getting a great match, uh, and there was a lot of sportsmanship on display. And you saw that that did not create a rift because then they went and won the team belts after an Intergeekdom tournament. By the way, people don't talk about that. They just hopped off from an Intergeekdom tournament and went and won those team belts. Kind of a big deal, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. very impressive. It was very impressive. Yeah. Uh, okay, one of our normal ones here: poutine or loaded fries. <laughs> I actually, uh, I'll say poutine because um, I work in the beer industry. So like sometimes when I'm on the road for work, a lot of these breweries, the only thing they have are food trucks. And if I'm on the road and I just need to not be hungry for a little while, I'll, I, I've, I've been a lot of these plate, these food trucks that do like specialize in poutine and just wow. make amazing stuff. Really? And, and, I, and I, I usually just go with the traditional, but uh, yeah, yeah, poutine. It's a little less busy too. Loaded fries get out of control. You know, they're, 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 they can be good, but there's there's fewer rules. It's, you know, it's a little too wild for me at times, I guess. <laughs> I, have a, I have a beer this or that for you. Okay, IPA or a Saison? Well, um, why not both? I mean, I, I do drink both. I do drink both. Um, I am not ashamed to admit that I drink as much IPA as the next bearded guy with long hair. I do. But, <laughs> but uh, it's with open eyes and it's not me going around like telling the next guy uh, or gal like, hey, have you heard of this IPA I'm drinking? It's really something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, when it comes to making your palate dance, Saison, for sure. Yeah. Saison, Saison is where you can get, you can get a really, uh, the, the yeast strains are very specific. And, and depending on the malts you use to ferment the beer, you can get some really, really fantastic results. And there's a lot of Saisons that are fermented with wild yeast, which is when they, you know, put it in the barrels and kind of let it do its thing, like in the old days. And that stuff is really aggressive, but you get some really funky flavor out of it. Uh, so, yeah, I've had some amazing Saisons in my lifetime. All right. Uh, here, let's stick to uh, food here. Uh, Frankie Numbers always yells at me about this one. New York pizza or Chicago pizza, which some people call deep dish, some people call lasagna. Uh, he always gets angry when I say that, though. Uh, I I like deep dish pizza once in a while, but not all the time. So New York pizza. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the one that from C2 will always ask is, is, are you a pineapple on pizza guy or not? I, I definitely enjoy uh, Hawaiian pizza once in a while. I don't order it all the time, but I am down with it when it when it shows up. And I actually am really excited when I show up at parties and no one touches that because then it's like I get it all to myself. You know, maybe throw a few slices in tin foil, put it in my back pocket if I have to. <laughs> well, I do food for later. I get it, man. I yeah. The same <laughs> yeah. I have no issues with pineapple on pizza. No, right. I'm good with right. right. uh, How about round one? Or round two. Round one or round two? In this out. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, which do I prefer? Yes. Um, I mean, yeah. I I guess I mean round one maybe by a slight edge just because I love the variety of the questions and I love how you can't truly study for round one. There's no way to do it. Right. It's just what you know. And that's what's so fun about it. 
that's why I, I really hope I get to play in a free for all, uh, you know, next year. Cause um, I feel confident in those round one level questions and I want to see how I can measure up in a free for all. Um, so that's why I enjoy round one, but round two uh, is uh, I like round two as well, because it's a, it's a very specific part of the game that you have to have a lot of strategy and preparation in mind for. And um, I, th- I think round two, uh, as I demonstrated in my match against Roka, you can you can more or less shut down the match if you can own round two. And I think I think any competitor should aspire to make sure they're not afraid of wheel slices. That's what you really need to do. Like you may not be lights out in every single wheel slice. That's that's not possible necessarily. But you can't you can't be afraid of anything that might show up you got to be prepared to some extent so that's my opinion fair enough all right uh from the chat danny coast mulholland drive or lost highway mulholland drive but i love lost highway um and we wouldn't have mulholland drive without lost highway lost highway was like the male version of that story in a lot of ways uh uh whereas you had the the female perspective in mulholland drive but um with um with uh uh uh, Lost Highway. Um, I like Lost Highway because it's almost, it's a slightly more frightening film in a lot of ways. Um, and I also, it's a wonderful showcase for why Bill Pullman's awesome uh, and not just the president in Independence Day. Uh, like Bill Pullman, I really like Bill Pullman. I always have. And he really shines in the right project. Um, yeah. And I, and by the way, guys, uh, we can keep this going for another uh you know, 10 to 15 minutes if you'll have me. Oh, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Sounds great. Uh, okay. I'll do one last one then to to end out this, uh, to end out this little segment. Uh, how about either Han Solo or Indiana Jones? Harrison Ford question. Um, Han Solo, but uh, that's also has a lot to do with uh, what the Star Wars movies mean to me versus the Indiana Jones movies. Um, Indiana Jones, uh, I like a lot. Um, um, I'm not as passionate about that franchise as other hardcore fans. Like I'm not a Mike Kalinowski when it comes to Indiana Jones. Uh, but like I own the, I own the box set. Like I watch them, you know, I like them. Um, but Han Solo, I mean, it's, that's the original Harrison Ford character from any movie that I first saw. Um, and he just is this effortlessly charming character. Uh, and you know, I just wanted to hang out with him. You know, when I finally caught up with the Indiana Jones movies when I was younger, um, uh, cause I saw them when I was young, but just a little bit later than some kids. And I, I just, I liked Indiana Jones, but he, he just didn't have the smarminess uh, that, that, that Han Solo does. I do like how much he punches people in the face though. I've always liked that. <laughs> He's really good at it. <laughs> Got a great sound effect too. Yeah. Those are the best sound effects like punches. I think I've ever heard or like the, yeah, it's so great. It's the best part of Crystal Skull because he punches a lot of people in that movie, and that's those are literally my favorite parts of the entire film when he punches people. Pretty much, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for this or that. You have survived your experience. All right. All right. Uh, we will move on to the last part of the show. That is the chat questions. Of course, you've been throwing some in there already. That's great. Uh, any Streamlabs, of course, and Super Chats will be 
uh, prioritized, but uh, if you want to throw them in the chat as well, we will get those get to those as well. Uh, I'll mm -hmm. start with that just real quick. This, my friend, is the NGO. It's a new Guy Order shirt that came out uh, a long time ago when mm -hmm. Team Action broke up, and I, I know Team Guy side, even though I work Ben and Drew, and I still work with Ben, but I still give him shit because that's just how we roll. Uh, <laughs> sure that I was very sad to miss. <laughs> that's sad. Very sad. I don't have that shirt. <laughs> It's not as good as the other shirt, though, that I have, the one shirt, the special edition shirt I got, which was the, the uh, I am the guy who, the guy, G-H-I, who beat Dan Merle. Uh, and then I guess they had to really change that because it wasn't, I guess Dan didn't like it very much. So they changed it to the guy who beat the goat instead. But, like, why? I was the only guy who had got that shirt before I was taken out, out of service. Uh, but it was, it was a hard <laughs> Um, but yeah, so uh, but anyway, uh, should we start uh, our plugs right now? Then? Yeah, so chat, make sure that you get the questions in while you're getting the questions in. I'm gonna go ahead and bring up our sweet, lovely Miss Kelsey Kirkland. Welcome, welcome, Kelsey. Hello, happy to be on. Excited oh, to mute it. Uh, no, who's good? No, it's I'm my uh, it's my audio is off, so Kelsey's audio is off for me on this end, so that's what it is for uh, from me. So, oh, okay. this is going to be fun. Do you want me to leave and come back, Paul? You want her to leave and come back? Do you want to try that? Yeah, or? try that. Try that. I'll try that. I, if my worst comes to worst, I can hear her so I can make, make do. So, that's yeah. weird. So that happens. All yeah, right. Anyway. It's on my end. It's never on your end either. So. I don't know what it is. But, all right. Here she comes. She's back. So that's really quick. Let's see. Can I help her? Nope. <laughs> let me leave and then come back. So, I'll let you all continue with. Plugs on the show, and then uh, I will come right back. So, Kelsey, can I try to say something again? Hello. No, I, I okay, wait. Do it again. Hello. That's good. We're good. Oh, okay. Hello. Technical difficulties. Wow, I'm good. Actually, I'm recalled. Actually, we always have technical difficulties at some point, so it's just par for the course. What are you gonna do? So. <laughs> It is, it is. So uh, thank you, Kelsey, for coming on. Like I said, chat, get those questions in for that. We'll make sure that Kelsey gets to those. But while y'all are doing that, we are going to go ahead and let you all know what we have going on for the Call to Action Network coming up on this week. And Paul, I'll let you take over that. Okay. Uh, well, we do try to do breakdowns for every every match. Uh, and it's another one of those four matches per week. That's why we're actually getting killed right now because like, it's been hard to <laughs> come up with everything. Uh, we will try to at least – we have at least two of them scheduled. And if we don't do the other two, then we will do – we'll catch up with them later in the week on Call to Action Live, which I'll get to in a moment. Uh, on Tuesday, I believe we're going to have Schmobates. Uh, we're still kind of dotting some I's and crossing some T's. We're hoping to make that uh, Roxy, the Rockstar uh, edition of Schmobates that was supposed to happen last week, but then Mark Andreco's uh, internet crapped out, and so we couldn't have it done. That's supposed to be Jeff Snyder versus Mark Andreco. Uh, Roxy guest hosting on that. That should be a lot of fun. Um, and then later on in the week, we shall also have on Saturday the Call to Action Live, which we might have a guest on for that too. I'm still kind of working. A lot of this is kind of TBA. We got a lot of like irons in the fire, so to speak. Um, but we'll be breaking down, of course, this week, the rest of this week's show. We'll be making particular, uh, let's start talking about the team's tournament because we've been meaning to do that for like two weeks in a row now. We actually wanted to do it before they were announced. And then we wanted to do it uh, last week, but we kind of ran out of time uh, with all the pay-per-view matches and breaking downs of that. So this week we should definitely have time. We'll deep dive into the team tournament that Adam Marisol might just win. So uh, we'll go into that. 
next week's chill again i gotta say it's a tba one we have someone in mind but we haven't quite uh signed that contract so to speak um we're hoping to sign that and we'll let you know as soon as we know and kelsey will make a nice ad and put it up on our social media for us um and next week after that we do have another legacy player hopefully coming we're also crossing guys and dining teams on that one that should also be a fun one but i also do want to promote one last thing i do have the thumbnail for we're going to use next friday the 25th is going to be the inaugural last general standing movie trivia battle royal now what is that we are teaming up with the uh, action army uh the action industry so to speak not with them but with the generals of their patreon as i as you guys know i run the i run the action industry's patreon so we're going to have all the generals in the army well those who are, who are going to sign up we have a good I know 10 to 15 so far signed up. We're going to get a few more and we're going to put them through a uh, free for all style match. Just like this going on. We're going to do our first ever real live match on, on call to action. Uh, I don't know if I'm participating yet or if I'm hosting. I haven't made up my mind yet. Uh, you never know. It's not Star Wars. So I'm not as good. So uh, if it's Star Wars, I would do it. Um, but we'll or see. Ed about that. Or Ed Harris. If it was Ed Harris slice. I would definitely do that as well. Uh, but hopefully we'll do that. We're going to see uh, if, it's uh, Corey just saying, no, yeah, can fans join? Not yet. Um, that's something we're going to have to talk about. We want it to be the generals only at this point, maybe the action army, but this might lead to something in the future where that's something that who knows is going to happen in the future, but it's a good way to get going on it. Um, hopefully it'll be fun. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. This is our first attempt to do anything like that. Um, yes. And yes, you better start studying, Justin, because you're going to be in on that. And Alan, you just let me know. You sign up and you're in it. That's all it has to do it because you're a general. So that's what we're doing. Uh, and is that it for the week? I think I think I got everything else. Sorry, good. I was that's I was going to something, but all right, Kelsey, hit us with something. All right. First question we have is: Do you have a favorite Roka match besides your own? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Um, let's see. Favorite Roka match besides my own. Um. Let me think. Um, there, there, I mean, there's a there's a few that come to mind. Um, honestly, uh, I I've enjoyed all of his showdowns with Bibbs, uh, just because I get really invested when in the build up to when they play, and you know, Bibbs has the upper hand on him for now as a series, I believe, of of contests. Yeah. But Roka also took the title away from Bibbs, and that carries a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was, that was a hell of a match from Roka. It was really impressive. Uh, you know, he walked in with determination and he did what he does best in that match and he did it against Bibbs mm -hmm. and Bibbs is someone who isn't his kryptonite by any means, but is someone who's gotten the better of him recently. And just that'll never be taken away from John like that, that belt he took off of Bibbs was a huge match. And I went into that kind of. I, I've always liked Bibbs, so I was kind of rooting for him to defend, but I was not disappointed to see Roka win because it was very genuine and it was earned and it was a great match. And he Absolutely. won me over. He won me over like Rocky Four style at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love that. That was good. I'm training Roka. <laughs> question we have is from Corey Quinto. Favorite memory from playing in the fan leagues? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I had a triple threat match um, uh, that uh, was a high pressure match. And I was really new going into that, playing a couple of uh, more veteran players. And I was the underdog. And uh, I came out on the other side of that uh, with, with a, a crafty win and a win that I was really proud of. 
with questions that were really hard. Um, and I ended up winning because I was able to do my homework on one of my opponent's strengths. And uh, I, I got to win with like the clutch move of getting a seal out of one of his strengths. And uh, that kind of clinched the match for me. So that was, that was a very good memory for sure. Very cool. All right. Next question. Uh, do you think Star Wars will make a new trilogy? And I love Lord of the Rings. My favorite is Return of the King. Do you think there will be a sequel to Return of the King? Sequel to Re well, I think the sequel to Return of the King is uh, the world we live in now because we're in the age of man, right? We're in the fourth yeah. age. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't like the sequel to Return of the King that much. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, no, I uh, as far as Star Wars trilogy. Um, I think trilogy is, I, I don't think we need to do predestined trilogies anymore. I think we can take a break from that. I don't think you need to announce trilogies anymore um, unless it's like based off of a series of books or something like that. Um, and even then don't get ahead of yourselves, make the first one, make it good. And then we'll talk. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But with, with star Wars, I'm when it comes to the films, I'm completely on board with hopping farther into the past uh, I'm very encouraged by this High Republic stuff that they're talking about with the expanded canon. Yes. I, I hope that they're able to parlay that into some kind of on-screen story as well, uh, because you could really play around in that era and make it interesting. I think what's happening with The Mandalorian is really encouraging. Um, I love how unencumbered that story is by the larger universe, and I think the, the results speak for themselves. The response to that series has been huge. It's been the most positive response since The Force Awakens came out. So um, I think they would be best served to dip into the past and play around with some of the mythology a bit and teach us more about the history of this expansive universe. And if it ends up becoming a trilogy, cool, or a quadrilogy like Alien, whatever you want to call it. You could do three, four, five, I don't care. Just make them good and, and, and think about it, you know, and connect them in meaningful ways because... I love Star Wars enough that I can look at the prequels and the sequels and I can kind of squint at certain things and make peace with it. But I, I do have issues like everyone else, but I also love Star Wars enough that I can transcend those issues more than a lot of people. I find something to enjoy in all the Star Wars movies, even the Ewok adventures. So mm -hmm. um, I would be totally on board with like a high Republic if that's what they want to do series of movies. Totally speaking my language and everything you just said about Star Wars, just so you know, I'm completely on board with everything you just said. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. All right. Next question we have from our own Danny. What is the most rare film in your collection back there? There's a couple, um, but one of them is Werner Herzog's first film, Signs of Life. Um, it's his first feature-length film uh, for, um, that he released. It's a black and white film. Very, very uh, good you could probably find it on YouTube, you know, and watch it if you really wanted to. Uh, but it's not physically in circulation anymore. So I was trying to round out my Herzog collection a few years ago. I have the box sets of his. So I have like most of his heavy hitter movies. But I was trying to find the the, the ones that aren't in a box set. And uh, I found a copy of Signs of Life um, on eBay but it was one of those rare ones that I couldn't just do buy it now. I had to actually bid and I was stressing out about it. And um, I ended up getting the movie. I didn't pay a fortune for it either. I just had to be patient, you know. And I was just really happy when I had it in my hands because I've been seeking out that DVD for a long time. And it's like an old library copy that got resold. Like that's how mm -hmm. old it is. Like you can't find it anywhere. So I'm really proud of owning Signs of Life. It's a cool movie. Nice. That's very cool. I like that. 
All right. A quick question from Jake Alcavetta, always working. Adam, can you take some pics that we can use for future thumbnails? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, see, here's the thing. Like, I have never the, – the whole selfie thing passed me by. I've never uh, – like, I've been forced to take selfies before for, like, my job. And I'm just like, do I have to take a picture <laughs> of my own face? Um yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll work on it, Jake. I'll, I'll work on it. <laughs> All right. Next question we have is from Cam. Uh, being cerebral, is it hard to chill or empty your mind? Uh, no. I mean, um, I I am the kind of guy who, uh, much like a coyote, doesn't mind sitting out under the night sky and just kind of decompressing at the end of the day, uh, whether it's a beer or something else. Like, I just need to – I like being outside when it's quiet. Like, that's my thing. Like, so that's usually around nighttime, you know, like I was just on this work trip to Vermont and up in Vermont, like it's silent everywhere. It's wonderful. Um, and I just, before I went to bed each night, I would go out and just kind of enjoy the night sky. Cause I don't think enough of us do that. And, uh, that, that, that's, that's how I decompress. Like just, yeah. All right. And the last question I have right now is, is that a Castlevania shirt? You bet your ass. <laughs> nice very nice yeah. So, oh yeah castlevania for life <laughs> did you uh, like to see so, the uh, netflix series i never actually got a chance to see uh, yeah that. that's oh, the uh, question that i was gonna ask oh yeah i like that series a lot i really dig it yeah it's great i i actually not to get i'm not gonna not to go off on a tangent but just quickly i when i worked my internship years ago um uh at uh uh, I had this internship um, at Focus Features and Universal Studios, and they had us read a bunch of scripts. You know, that's what interns do. And I got to read a, the script for Paul W.S. Anderson's planned Ooh. Castlevania movie. Ooh. <laughs> and, and the thing is, um, uh, I've seen all the Resident Evil films. Not a big fan, admittedly. I love the games. I love mm -hmm. the Resident Evil games. Yeah. And I love the Castlevania games. And so I always wanted to see it adapted in a cool way. And I read that script and no offense to Mr. Anderson, but yikes. So when, I, when, I, when, the, when the series came out, that script's dead. It's not, so it's okay to say that. But right. the, when the series came out, I was just so happy with how it turned out because it's it nailed everything I wanted from a Castlevania adaptation. So good very stuff. Cool. Very, very cool. <laughs> that's it. And that's it, Kels. All right. That, good that is it. That is it, y'all. Well, thank you so much to everyone that was hanging out with us in the chat tonight. We really appreciate it. Happy Sunday to you all. Uh, happy Monday, depending on where you're at as well. Um, uh, all right. So thank you to everyone again. Adam, let us know what you got going on and where the people can find you. Well, um, when I'm not in the shed studying uh, and prepping for my next match, I'm usually um, on Letterboxd, uh, logging and reviewing films. Um, you can also interact with me on Twitter. And my handle is Eisenthor, A-I-Z-A-N-T-H-O-R. Uh, it's that simple. I don't have a YouTube channel or anything like that. Maybe someday I'll, I'll, I'll get into it if people really want to hear my opinions on stuff. But for now, I'm happy to be a guest on shows like this. Yeah. And we thank you so much for your time. Always, always, always thank you for giving us giving us your time. Kelsey, same thing. Let us know what you got going on, girl. All right. You can find me at KelseyKins90 on Twitter and Instagram. I also run the Call to Action Podcast Instagram, so you can interact with me there. T Public, we've got merch. We've got masks. Wear a mask. 
And of course, you'll always find me all over this channel on breakdowns and chill and live. And so you'll, you'll see me. You'll find me. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. My sweet baby D, PLD. Uh, at Paul underscore Denuzio on Twitter. You can find me at Yen on chill every week you can find me at call action live usually every week and team breakdowns here and there also find me on ben and ben baby and andrew guys channel action industries producing behind the scenes also uh, doing class action a show i do weekly usually with Derek jarvey last week actually uh, just a few days ago live with these two lovely ladies who are filling in at that point ranking some franchises uh we'll be doing things like that again as soon as we can do more uh there you go dwayne burke hey huh? he's adam collins he doesn't know more than you and that's facts. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> that is my plug uh and uh, also i do have an, my own youtube channel not a whole lot on it it's the plv projects channel um i will eventually i know i've been talking about it threatening you guys with it for like six months now i will get to it eventually where i bring on the harris stance where i bring go through every ed harris movie and make you love him like i do or die trying and uh that's it yeah well you all you know me it's your girl danny joy here you can find me on twitter at danny joy d-a-n-d-a-n-i-e-e-j-o-y you can also find me on twitter at watch the book pod and on instagram at watch the book pod um you can find me here every week on the call to action network hanging out with my favorite co-host mr paul denuzio on chill to action and on some breakdowns every once in a while go subscribe to my personal youtube channel hang out with me this wednesday i'm going live on my channel so we can go over part one of aftermath come join the paddle one book club y'all come and hang out with me let's talk about some books mr bones mr bones i love mr bones <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting there i'm so excited with this project so y'all know where you can find that go and uh reach out for me so we can get some more info on that yes for everyone at the call to action channel thank you all so much uh we really appreciate you and as always y'all we salute you bow, bow, bow. <laughs>